0: So I want to do these things and I want to continue to grow financially and have the challenge of being able to do it every day. And I love the challenge. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Cascavalsian.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to a very special episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is episode number 100. Episode number 100. And I have back my very first guest. He's to my left i don't know where you guys see him but he's to my left mr brian elias formerly from 1-800 hansons he was also my guest on episode number 50 and uh, now he's my guest on episode number 100
0: which really means i'm not invited back to
1: 150 that's right and you got to earn your way there I will. It's a, as long as you you're good, like you are in episode one, and you were on episode fifty, then you'll get to come back again. I'll bore them to death. <laughs> All right. Well, so this is going to be a good episode. Before we jump into it, I want to remind everybody that Mister Elias wrote the forward of the Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor book. Brian, I I don't know if I've told you this, but there are over, probably over, well over a thousand copies, I think about 1,200 copies of this book that are out there in the hands of contractors. You know that I basically ask, uh, I, I give the book away for free. I buy the book and I just ask people to pay shipping and handling. And so I bought another thousand books. So we've got them available. If you don't have a copy of this book, go to thewealthycontractor.com and you can get a free copy there. I just ask you to pay shipping and handling. So, Ryan, welcome back. I appreciate you being here, my friend. What's kind of cool is so we put out an email the other day and we asked, the audience, hey, what would you ask Brian Elias? And so I've got a few really good questions to ask you. But before we do that, there are probably some people that are new that maybe haven't heard episode one or episode 50 and they have no idea who you are. So aside from the fact that you are, he is, <laughs> listen, everybody, he is, all joking aside, let, let, I'm going to put all joking aside. This guy right here started from out of the trunk of his car and built one of the most successful home improvement companies ever. Right? I think that's a fair statement to say. Ever. And he di- he did that on his own, working his ass off but also working, you know, very very smart. He's a self-made man. And what he's done is absolutely amazing. And he is a bona fide legend of the home improvement industry, an award that is given out by Dave Yoho Associates. And so Brian, with that, give everybody a little bit of your background. Give us maybe the two or three minute version of your story.
0: So basically I was in college. College really wasn't for me. So my dad recommended that I go talk to his friend who was in the window business. At that time, I didn't even know people bought windows. I, I I thought all the houses came with windows. Why would you ever replace them? And as a kid, you wouldn't know that, you know, your parents replaced their windows. And so I went and I talked to him and I started knocking on doors. So literally my job was to go out and drum up business. The best lesson you can learn is learn how to knock a door. So, At first, hi. Do you want to buy Windows? No. Do you want to buy Windows? No. So I learned that that question didn't work. So I learned my own scripting, and I started rewording things to get people to say yes. I know you've thought about Windows for your home. You've never actually had a price from us yet, have you? The customer says no. A potential customer says no. Well, it couldn't hurt to get our price, could it? And then they go, I guess not. And all of a sudden, you know, the sales rep's in the house selling the job. So I started to perfect this concept of, you hit enough doors, you script it right, you're gonna get a lead. So I learned how to get a lead. By the way, that is the home improvement business secret, is how to get the lead. Because once you have the lead, a certain percentage of those leads will sell. Whether you're a good salesman or a weak salesman is irrelevant. A strong salesman will sell 50, 60, 70%, and a weak salesman will sell 20, 30, 40. So with that in mind, then after I kept knocking on doors, the company owner said, if you want to like knock yourself into you know, your own leads, you can do that on Saturdays only. So on Saturday, I'd go out and I'd knock myself in and write the order. And I did that for several months. And then it got to the point where I was like, hey, I want to be a salesman too, because that's where the money was. And I was able to do both. Then I started selling. And I was working for that gentleman and selling up a storm. And I decided I wanted to open up my own. So I went and took the bill in my state. It requires a builder's license, got my builder's license. The day the owner of the company found out that I got my builder's license was the day he fired because he didn't want me to be his competitor. And he knew I was doing a good job. So he sort of cut it off at the back. That motivated me more. Then it was like, okay, Obviously, they're concerned, and there's a reason. And there was a reason, because whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to do it well. And that's how I think every single day. I put my heart into everything that I do, because I enjoy the challenge of getting to the next step. So I worked for somebody else, saved a little money, and then opened my own. And at that time, it was just about, how do I sell five jobs in a week? And I'm thinking, five jobs in a week is $5,000 with profit. That's $250,000 a year, and I thought I could live on that, and that's how it started, and you quickly realize that whatever dollar amount you make, it is not enough if you're like me, okay? So to this day, it's never enough, so I want to do these things, and I want to continue to grow financially and have the challenge of being able to do it every day, and I love the challenge. And that's so, what I've been doing ever since.
1: So you, you started Hanson's in what year? 1988. 1988. And you sold
0: Hanson's in 18? I sold Hanson's in 2017. Oh, wow. It's been three years. It's been three years in October. Wow. Okay.
1: And at the time you sold Hanson's, it was doing about what in, in volume, in revenue? Close to $80 million. About $80 million out of eight, was it eight offices? Out of eight offices. Okay. So, you know, you started, you started basically knocking on doors. You didn't start with a whole bunch of money. You started off hustling however hustling only takes you so far so you have to learn some other skills you, can we talk a little bit about what
0: some of those other skills were i'm going to back we am going to push back a little bit on that statement i had to replace myself as the hustler mm-hmm. so what i did was i took my knocking on doors strategy and said okay now if i could teach other people to knock on doors I'll have a constant flow of leads and I'll run those leads myself. Mm-hmm. So I go and I hire the people and I'm running the leads and I realize there's only one of me and I'm actually figuring out how to get more appointments. So then I realized I got to train salespeople. So we at that time, used pitch books. See, I took my pitch book, which was like my Bible. I had like the perfect pitch book and then I made copies of it and duplicated it and then gave it to somebody else and then trained them on my selling system. And then after a while, the business became overwhelming, and I had to work on getting installations in. So then I needed to go and stop selling and have the salespeople sell, the canvassers canvas, and then I needed to build infrastructure. And I realized that you try to do this manually, it's next to impossible. So then we started computerizing, and we were pretty early adopters of computer systems. We wrote our own software, the whole nine yards which I don't recommend to anybody who's in, you know, who's in this business. There's two companies out there that I firmly believe in. I'll plug them right here and right now. Improve it 360 A+, Market Sharp A+. And I recommend these two platforms if you don't have a software system. And if you do have a software system, I also recommend. Them yeah. Because their software system is great. They've already done the hard work for you that it took me 20 years to build. Yeah. And and a lot of money. Right. So you started, you know, so it sort of evolved for me. I would love to tell you I wrote this great plan and I executed on my plan, but that would be a lot. My plan was always changing because I kept hitting my goals. And then I realized my goals were just not big enough. And about probably 20 years into it, I said, okay, now I have to build something that somebody wants to buy. And then I started sort of replacing myself. And putting infrastructure, real solid infrastructure, in place, so the business would run with or without. Yeah. And to this day,
1: it still kills it. Yeah. You know, one of the things about about you is you are about probably one of the best marketers I've ever met. Give us your again. It's hard, we could talk for two hours just about marketing, but give us kind of the condensed version of it, because it all boils down to certain fundamentals, and you explain them as good as anybody I've ever heard. So, what are are kind of the fundamentals for you of advertising or lead generation? What are those fundamentals? It's
0: to talk to the consumer in their voice, the way they want to hear the message. So, I mentioned earlier, if you knock on a door, you walked up to every door and said, hi, would you like to buy Windows Majority of the answers are going to be no. So you have to often walk before you run. So you say to the consumer, hi, how are you? My name is Brian. I'm with three floors. reason why we're stopping by is a lot of the neighbors are replacing their floors. And I wanted to know if you've ever had an estimate on getting your floors done. Okay. The answer, yes or no, doesn't hurt me. So it doesn't matter what they answer. So no, I haven't. Well, that's great. We're coming around talking to the neighbors about getting pricing on flooring. We'd love to show you samples and figure up a place. Is tomorrow or uh, Wednesday better for you? Well, uh, tomorrow works. Is there a time we can set up with both you guys? Because it is flooring and there's so much, so much selection. We want to be able to show you both. Well, in the evenings we're home. Yeah, it's great. We'll be out tomorrow night at seven. Fair enough. Fair enough. All of a sudden I have an appointment and To me, the fundamental is asking people in a way they want to be asked. So if you run an ad that says, best roofing in the world, okay, call today. Nobody's going to call. Right. They want something that's given to them. They want an offer. So you have to have an offer for them. Best roofing prices of the year. Is that what a customer wants to hear? Yes, it's exactly what they want to hear. On the best shingle, all with a lifetime guaranteed, save $500. Mom says, well, gee, I want a good shingle. I want to know that I'm paying the best price, okay? And I want a discount. So if you're saying all the things that the customer want to hear, wants to hear, then you can do business. Now, there's a caveat today. People do business with who they know, like, and trust. So you have to say, how do you build a relationship with the consumer so they know you, they like you, and they trust you? Well, trust is built over time. So if you're some new guy who's just starting out and you're working out of your pickup truck, that's great. You keep going to the same area over and over again. And by going to the same area over and over again, what you create is an environment that they now know you, like you, and trust you because they've seen your signs, they've seen your work. So you stay within a couple square mile of each other and your sign, Bob's Roofing, keeps popping up. And everyone's like, hey, that Bob's doing all the work in the area. So you look bigger than what you are and you look more trustworthy. And then they know you. And then when you're in the neighborhood and you're talking to that next customer, you say, hey, we did Mary Smith's down the street. You saw the sign. She was happy. And then the customers are happy to pay a little more for that trust. So you have to be thinking of how to build your brand. Your brand doesn't have to be on television. Eventually, you want it to be, and that means you you really grew your business. But it doesn't have to be that way. It just has to be familiar. Then, when you start advertising on Google, Bob's a thing. All of a sudden, they'll say, "Oh, I've seen Bob's." You advertise on the top, you'll, "Oh yeah, I saw the sign in my neighborhood." So you stay within that same zip code. Okay, you can narrow it down to the city. So you could be working on this at all times, and then you start spreading it, and you're starting expanding and expanding and expanding. And then all of a sudden, you got a whole big market that you're at. And they all know who you are. And then Bob, Bob continues to grow. But people are trying to walk before they run. To me, you've got to get good at something, then expand. Good at something, then expand and you know it's interesting because
1: you you know the statement that you made at at the beginning was very much like uh, there was a marketer 100 years ago named robert collier and he calls what you said entering the conversation that's already happening in their mind and that's how you become a very good marketer and one of the things every time brian talks about marketing or advertising lead generation we're using them interchangeably He always references mom. Mom, why do you reference mom?
0: Just mom runs the world. Mom runs everything. Yeah, she decides what's happening in that house, what's for dinner, where you're going, where you're taking your family vacation. She does everything. Men buy cell phones and beer. (laughs) Yeah, so they're, they're fairly useless in the
1: equation. Head over to builderprime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. Yeah. So if you are yeah. So if you are writing advertisements, if you're going to be on TV, who do you have to appeal to? You have to appeal to women.
0: Everything is women. Yeah. Everything. So, well, you know, in my house, no, it doesn't. It's the women. Right. Women rule the world. And for the men who don't get that, get used to it, okay? Or you can figure you're going to be divorced very quickly. Right. <laughs> okay? But that is how it works. So women drive the decision-making process here. Now, she may put her husband on the front line and say, honey, which window should I pick? And he, you know, is looking at it in engineering and this way, okay? And he picks. That's okay. He didn't wake up one morning and say, Gee, I feel like protecting my family with new windows. Yeah, She decided that. She decided. Yeah. Great. So you, you market to women. So when you're running your ads, what do you want to put in? What do women want to see? Pretty things. So put pretty things in. Okay? Women, if you look at magazines, if you're in a magazine store, if they still have magazine stores, okay, you take a look at the magazine. On men's magazines, they put women. On women's magazines, they also put women. That's true. It is true. never thought about that. You're right. So women want to be like other women, and they want to relate. And so women run the whole thing, the whole gamut of everything. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine, you know, when you think that going out to the club and the club says, it's man's night. Never.
1: It will never happen.
0: Nobody's coming to the club. Right. So... And so if women rule the world, we want, we want to play on that in advertising. Yeah. Obviously, to be politically correct, there's obviously different scenarios nowadays.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this is great. So we actually put out an email and asked the audience, hey, what would you ask Brian? And we got some really good questions back. So are you ready to tackle a few of these?
0: It makes me nervous, but go ahead. I'll try to handle it. Let's,
1: oh, here, I'm going to give you i I'm going to give you i I'm going to give you a layout first. This is from uh, your friend and mine, Ken Sherman, and this is a marketing question, all right? In, in this digital world, what different marketing methods will you implement in your new business that you were unable or didn't exist when you had one 800 Hansons?
0: what I would add to the repertoire that didn't exist was Facebook. Facebook existed, but Facebook advertising was mediocre at best. At best. Yeah. They tried to be a search engine where you could search for something inside of Facebook, but nobody did that because they had Google and it was so much better. But now you can market to the exact audience you want to talk to through Facebook. So I can find women or mom Okay, at the age group that I want, 45 to 65. Okay, homeowner. And if I want to run the American flag sale, okay, I could do that, and I could pick people most likely to be Republican. Okay, if I want to market to people that are very liberal, and socialistic point of views, I could pull the flag out of that ad. I can make anything I want happen on Facebook and have full control of who I'm marketing to and what my message is. And I, I love that. Yeah. Love having that power. And Facebook gives you that. Cool. So this is, not, this is not posting or blogging. This is true Facebook advertising. So if you scroll down on your Facebook page, you'll notice they've got ads stuck in between. Okay? Same with Instagram, and it's the same company. And it's very, very powerful stuff. Cool. So that's something that I would recommend to anybody. And make sure your message hits home. Okay. And so, you know, thought about flooring. You're not alone. You know, get a floor that you're going to finally love and get that gross carpet out of your house. Pictures of, you know, mom smiling. And get our price. By the way, why did you so? Why'd you use the word gross? Well, God only knows what's living in people's carpeting. People walk in their house with shoes and also they're bringing in the outside inside. I mean, when we pull when we pull out carpeting out of people's homes. Oh, it's okay. disgusting. I know. It's my first business. Oh, my business. gosh. I mean, it was my first business. Yeah. And by the way, this is, I mean, I've seen it after they've had it clean. Yeah. And there's still, when you take that carpeting and you shake it, the
1: yeah, to fall all over the place. You know what's interesting about that though is that it, the reason I I focused in on that word is because if you were to get like one of these big ad agencies that's going to talk to you about brand brand brand, oh you need to, you know, be a brand, they would never let you use the word gross, right? But if you want to make leads, that's a great word to use. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So don't don't always uh, you don't always want to listen to what these so-called advertising experts want to tell you. All right. So all right. So we'll go a marketing question. We'll go to a sales question. They're they're going to get progressively deeper here. All right. So this is from Ryan at Ultimate Roofing. And his question is, what percentage of closing and why should you expect in these three situations? Situation one is same day. Situation two is some number of days after the presentation has been done. And then the third situation, I'm not quite sure I understand, maybe you will, and it says non-finance. I don't know the third one. But, I don't either. I'm not sure I understand it either.
0: But. Right. I mean, but you're always better to close with financing. Let me start off by saying that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, even, even the wealthiest of people like zero interest and they want to feel like they didn't have to pay to get it done. So if somebody's got a $10,000 uh, job and they can get it for $400 a month interest free. That feels much better than going to your bank account and taking 10 G's out from your experience,
1: does that, does the offer of financing lift the conversion rate, the sales conversion rate?
0: One million percent, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. If you're not offering financing, you're shooting yourself in the foot. It's, it would be a
0: huge mistake. And what happens is people worry about the finance charge because a lot of the lenders charge a small fee for their use of their financing because there's no such thing as interest-free. Either the customer's paying the interest or you're paying the interest up front. Right. So it's it's just being disguised. So when you see, you know, an ad on television, five years, no interest. It sounds great. But whoever you're buying from is paying that fee up front to have that, that service. Yeah. So you need to understand that. And at the end, you need to figure that into your pricing so you can offer zero percent because... That motivates the customer because they they don't want to go and reach in their account. And I don't care; who some of the wealthiest people I know don't want to go and reach in their account and pull out big chunks. They like making their little monthly payments. Yeah. Okay. They set it up on auto pay at four hundred dollars a month, twenty five equal payments. That's ten thousand dollars. It doesn't sound so bad. It's very. It's it's not stressful to them. So we want to make buying easy for the customer. And when you don't have stress, it's easy. Yeah. Okay. His next question was about same day leads. Yeah, same right? day conversion rate versus days after. I'm going to tell you the same day leads are the highest closing percentage you can get. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't have a percentage to give you because that will dic- be dictated by the pricing you have, but I, I have a statement I can give you. Leads are like fish. The older they get, the more they start to stick. So if you get a lead today and you're out there within an hour, that is a hot, hot, hot lead. Even if you do it tomorrow, your percentage of closing will go down in every day out longer. Your percentage of closing goes down. So the faster you can get out to an appointment, the better off you are. Yeah. Good.
1: So Chris, Asked, what are some of the programs you use to systemize your business?
0: Be more specific. I Sorry, systemized every. What was that? I systemized
1: every. Yeah, he's the uh, Brian is a mad systemizer. Everything is a is a process. Everything is a system. But what are there tools that
0: you use to do that? Sit down, figure it out, checklist it. Yeah. That is it. Checklist, checklist, checklist. Even the sales process. Okay. Yeah. You're getting in, okay. Your warm-up. Okay. Getting to the kitchen table. It's it's still all a process in a checklist. And you follow that checklist, and you don't change the people, you change the checklist when you need to make updates. But everybody does exactly the same thing. I use McDonald's as my favorite company in the whole world because they put out the same exact product to millions and millions of people every single day without a hiccup, yeah. And they run at 99% efficiency. Yeah. So no matter where I go and grab a quarter pounder with cheese, they always taste the same because they're following their process to a T. And the best thing about it is their process is so good that anybody who makes $9, $10 an hour can follow in their process and be successful. And that in and of itself is what makes a wonderful company. So you've got to build a process that you don't need Mary because Mary's a superstar and she's the only one who knows how to do this. Then what you've done is you've created a, a process that only Mary can follow. You need a process that anybody can follow. Right. All right. So I'm
1: watching the clock here and there's a really good, hold on. Let me see. Okay. Let me ask you this. Then I'll ask okay. you that. And then I've got like three or four more questions for you. So, you so this one's kind of, this one's kind of loaded. I like loaded questions. Yeah. So my how has life changed since selling Hanson's? Did you have an exit strategy before selling? Yes, he did. I'm answering that because there's more, there's four questions inside of this one. Do you have more free time to enjoy family or friends or does he work, does he still work just as hard? He does. I'd love to get a glimpse of the other side that he's been able to experience. So basically this is somebody and because it's about selling your business, I'm not going to mention their name just in case, But basically, he wants to know what it's like. Is it as great on the other side as it seems? I don't live any
0: different than I did. I didn't sell my business so I could not do it anymore. I sold my business because I felt the time was right. It was part of my plan. Now, the exciting part of selling your business is then you've removed all stress. You've taken care of your family and financially. And in my case, I took care of my family for life. So I don't have to concern myself with money anymore. When you remove that stress relief, or stress out of your life about being concerned about money, you've changed your life. Now, I was always successful. So I always had what I wanted, the nice cars, the nice houses, the nice vacations all of those things were always part of me but when you have stress-free going to work becomes so much more yeah and that's what i'm doing right now is i'm having fun with it i'm making it a game for myself let's see if i can do it again in a much shorter period of time so i want to build another company i'm planning on building the largest flooring company in america and I've only been open for four months. Now, that's a pretty bold statement, but I've got a good system. I've got a great floor. I got great people around me. So I'm gonna build this great team and build this company. Yep. And it's gonna work. It's definitely gonna work. All right. So
1: this is, this is a, now there's a couple of deep questions. So I hope I say this right. The name is Oles, Oles? from nice guys' exteriors. I think I think our ultimate goal can be summarized to becoming happy. Happy with your life, where business is a way of reaching that goal. Today we're planning a million in revenue, tomorrow 10 million and, and more and more. I would ask Brian Elias if there was a point in life, some financial number, some milestone or benchmark when he realized,
0: okay, I've done it. Money does not make people happy. Money is a big giant magnifying glass. If you're a happy person and you got bucks, you're going to be really happy. If you're a miserable human being and negative and a downer and you got money, again, it's going to magnify, and you're going to be a utterly impossible to be around. So, money is simply a magnifier of who you are, and you will use that money in all of the ways to better your life or to make your life worse. So, you're worried about it when you're when you're greedy and simple-minded and negative. It will just, it, it, everyone's out to get your money. It'll, it'll be a horrible world. And if you're a, if you started off happy, you got bucks. You're going to do things for yourself, and you find the real joy in doing for others. And that's that's why I do the things that I do. Is I want to give back because there's no enjoyment of really for yourself. The enjoyment is given to somebody else and given to those you care about. And if you're really selfless, give to the people you don't care about or that you don't even know, or you'll never even see the results, but just, you know, giving of yourself. And that's a lot of fun to do. Aside from money, aside
1: from money, was there something else that happened where you were able to say, you know what? I did it.
0: I felt from the very first year I was in business And then it was like the next challenge. And then it was the next challenge and the next challenge. And by the way, when I'm talking a lot about challenges, I also had failures. I had mistakes. Lots of mistakes. You know, people saw the movie Field of Dreams. You ever see that, Brian? Oh, yeah. Build it and they will come. I'm going to teach you a little secret. They're not coming. They're not coming. You have to go get them. Yeah, I know. I know that, too. Okay. Customers just don't come to you. You have to go out there. You have to speak their language. You have to talk to them, communicate with them, build a relationship with them for them to come. And that's what that's what this is all about. And it's figuring out how to do that systematically, but where the customer feels like, oh my gosh, they're talking to me. And that's what we do every day.
1: So Patrick from Pond Roofing, great friend of the show and great client of g4
0: hold on hey patrick very nice to meet you please say hello anytime go ahead now he's my friend so all right i'm gonna i'm gonna lay it out the way that he
1: said it but patrick i'm gonna tell you right now it's gonna be hard to get the it's gonna be hard to get an answer i'll try it that's a good that's gonna be that that him and i are gonna understand let me say it that way you're gonna get a great answer It's just going to be very hard for you and me to understand it. So here it goes. And I've asked you about this before, Brian. That's why I can say it. To accomplish all of the things that Brian has done, it requires the proper mindset. You have to believe in abundance and be confident and willing to take risks and push forward even in the face of uncertainty or the doubt of others. And we all know the monster Brian is today. And he says, in in parentheses, I mean that with all due respect and admiration. Thank you, Patrick. Yep. Did Brian always have this mindset naturally? Or has he done work to get there? And if he did work to get his mind there, what exactly did he do?
0: I can answer you. If I wanted to be a bodybuilder, I have to work out. I have to do the work that it takes. So if I want big muscles, I have to do. I have to be curling and benching and all of those things. So whatever you do, you have to work it. Nobody is challenge, challenge free. I made a decision that I was not going to let fear get in my way. Now, does that mean I don't see fear? Of course I do. But I'm going to do my own self-talk, and I'm going to do my mental work and say, I am not going to allow this to get in my way. So I will avoid that fear, or I will go around that fear and move through. It. And I won't, I won't let that get in my way. And if you let fear get in your way, fear is your enemy. It, you, there's always a reason why something can't be done. But there's also a way that it can
1: so it's interesting so this is the first time i've heard you say mental workout which i love that term what do you mean by that
0: what is what does a mental workout look like to you i'll say a statement does that sound like something a successful person would say so when i say Say that again say that wait when i'm talking to myself or i'm feeling anxiety would a successful person speak like Mm, okay. And when I realize that I am not talking like the successful person that I am, I start renewing my self-talk to say, "This is not a. This is not a thing. I'd rather fail than not than avoid. I'd rather get it wrong than avoid. Well, it's never going to work because of this and that and blah blah blah. No, it's. This is why it'll work." If it doesn't work, I make an alteration. where to you get problem. that from? Myself. Right enough, folks. Just, yeah. these are my, everyone has their challenges. It doesn't matter who you are. It's how you work through those challenges. Yeah. So I used to, when I was a kid, I was sort of shy. So what I did was I said, well, how do you get past being shy? Well, you talk to people. Learn how to talk to people. You're no longer shy. So I made it my business. Every time I'd go to a gas station, I'd say hello to each person I'd see. And I realized that they just said hello back. And then as I got older, I realized that all these people were getting girls and I wasn't. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Well, I was afraid. So I accepted rejection. And I used to look forward to getting the no. Because if I got the no, sooner or later, I'd get the yes. So I I remember being, you know, somewhere and I'm thinking, what would that girl want to hear? Well, she probably wants to hear that she's beautiful. Well, that's sort of corny to walk up to somebody and say, they're beautiful. I said, but you know something? What's the worst that's going to happen? She says, thank you, but no way. Okay, I'll, I'll take my chances. So I walk up to her and I'd go, I just want to let you know you're absolutely stunningly beautiful. Oh, my God, thank you so much. That was so nice of you. And I walk away, and I realize I still felt. I succeeded in getting over my fear, but I didn't close the deal. So I, really, I think you're absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you. You didn't let me finish. And I'd love to take you out on a date. (laughs) Now, did it always work? No, but it worked a lot more than anybody else's. Because I was willing to do more and say more and put myself more at risk than other people.
1: Yeah. You know, Brian, that question uh, was really good. and I've never heard you say that before, is when you have that thought, or that fear come into your mind to stop and ask yourself, would a successful person think like this? You know, I, I think I've shared with you. I mean, I, for, for, I don't know, a long time, I was just, I, I was constantly in fear constant. Like I'd have my ups, but I fear would take me over and i would get into these like i I would get into the spiral of of fear and anxiety and it it really limited my ability to get anywhere and it took me a long time to figure out that piece of it and and
0: hold on i'm saying goodbye to
1: something i will see you tomorrow (laughs) um that's that's this is what happens when we're live but yeah, that, that was a big thing. And that was that's one of the things that that I really admire about you is you told me a long time ago that you just don't you don't have that gene. And you might not the fear gene, you might have not been born with it, but it sounds to me like you you were aware of it early and you decided to 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 go at it head on, which is pretty much how I you do everything. I probably said
0: that untruthfully. I didn't mean to. Everybody's got that fear gene. Yeah, but mine is mine is less fear because once you've practiced something, yeah, okay, and you've done it, and you've got rejected, and you've made a fool of yourself, and you realize that it doesn't matter because nobody gives a darn who you made that you made a fool of yourself. Yeah, you keep doing it, and you, then it just be, you just become numb to it. I use the example. I know this is going to sound morbid, but a coroner, okay. Who the who wants to go in and deal with dead bodies every day? But to them, it's just normal because they got used to it, and it became their norm. So, what you need to do is you need to make fearlessness your need, and not worry about these things that don't matter. And when you do have concerns. You, you do self talk and you say, okay, how much harm do this really cause me? What's my risk? Well, I could lose a little money. It's a calculated risk. I'll take my chance because I'm also looking to make money. So I'll take the chance of doing this or that. Yeah. So I, I hope that helps. But yeah, it does. Anxiety, no, it anxiety does. is your enemy, fears yeah. are your enemy. And the, don't get me wrong, it also gets you thinking. So I'm yeah. not telling anyone not to have these things. Ask yourself, is this really important? Is this going to change your life? Is it meaningful?
1: Well, and you you approached it, you know, they say the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And in, and with you, you don't, you never do anything half-assed and you never walk away from, I, I, I always, do
0: things, I do things half-assed. I don't do things half-hearted. My well, heart's always in, but I don't always have the best plan going
1: in. Yeah, but hold on a minute, though. When you do something, Brian, you you don't do it to just be okay with it. No,
0: you I do. It just like,
1: I mean, look at what you said about Refloor, right? You 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 know, we were talking about Refloor six months ago, but, at, but six months ago, before you even started the company, you told me that I'm going to be the biggest... Uh, Flooring company in the United States. You knew that already, so that's what I mean by when you do something, anything, you never do it. You never do it half-assed. When you come to my events and you speak, you get up on the stage. You're not the most prepared person, but you know what? You're the most effective because again, you don't come and and do it half-assed. And so the reason I'm saying that is the same thing in how you approach business, how you approach your money is how you approached fear as well. Right. You took it as a challenge and you, and you, and you worked your way through it. And I see, you know, it's interesting. I see a lot of business owners are afraid of different parts and different pieces of the business. For example, people, well, I'm afraid to hire salespeople because they're not going to do it as good as me. I'm afraid to charge enough money to make the profit that I need to make. I'm afraid to, and we can go down the list of things. And people are afraid
0: to charge charge what they're worth.
1: Right. Well, but then that, but then that goes to the question of, well, I have to, I have to be confident in my worth. Right. And so if I see myself as only worth, you know, this much, then how am I going to get, you know, three times that,
0: or how am I going to get? I look, I look at myself as I'm worth a thousand dollars an hour, yeah. and I've looked at myself for a thousand dollars an hour for years. Yeah. So everything I do, I say, am I doing thousand dollar work? Yeah. And if I'm not doing thousand dollar work, I, I should find somebody else to do that work so I can continue to do thousand dollar. Yeah. So you- let other people do the other things.
1: So, Which, by the way, for those of you wondering how you grow from zero to seventy-five million in sales, or even zero to ten million in sales, he just told you. He, you just got it right. That's that's part of the the formula.
0: I you know it's funny because you know I watched you know somebody said Brian you're overpaying for cable, and I was like forty dollars to sit on hold with them and chase it around for forty dollars. Right my time's more expensive than that so I sat on the I sat on the phone okay for an hour dealing with it and finding the coupon and this and that by the time that was done I could have been doing thousand dollar an hour work
1: right
0: and to me it's just not that it's not that important so I have to ask myself can somebody else be doing this delegate and elevate yeah I didn't write that but you have to give other people the work to do Right, And that's why you go into business. People go into business, and I I don't know if I've said this on your podcast before, okay? There's a reason people go into business, and that's to give you more life. It's not to have your life be your business. Right. So how do you have a business give you more life? The business has to work for you. Otherwise, you have a job. So you'll see somebody who's a siding installer or a roofing installer. And he says, I'm going to go into business for myself, okay? And there he is, up on a roof. No, he's actually just bought himself a job. Mm -hmm. If he wants to be a really good roofer, he gets the heck off of the roof, and he builds teams of people that go on these roofs. And then you have a business, because a business works for you. A job is something you have to work at. So any of the businesses that I own, I don't show up to work, the business still runs, Now, does it start off like that? It does not. You have to build to that. And then you have something. You have something tangible. Then you have something that somebody else wants to buy. But if you're an integral part of that business, you have a job. And you don't want a job. You want a business. Yeah. Otherwise, go work for somebody else. Let them have the aggravation. Right. That make sense? Very much so.
1: And a lot of what we've been talking about some of the mindset stuff is again, I'm going to plug the book, the seven secrets book. And there is a very good reason I asked Brian to write the forward of this book because he is the embodiment of everything that is, is in the seven secrets book. So if you don't have a copy, go get yourself one, go to the wealthy contractor. I keep, I
0: keep mine right here. Okay. He's got
1: his, see, he's got his, it
0: reminds me, I keep it on my desk. Because it reminds me of the things that I have to know. One of those things is to take responsibility for every area of your life. And it's somewhere in your book, as I read. Yes, it's secret and number uh, two. Two, okay? And take responsibility. So, you know, if you got somebody who's fat, he's fat because he eats too much, okay? It's not because he's big boned. OK, he's fat because he eats too much, inclusive of myself. Me too. So if I want to fix that, all I have to do is eat less and move more. And I know that. But I'm responsible. So if I have an ice cream cone tonight, OK, it's going to I might as well smear it on myself because it's going to create fat on my body. Now, when I say I'm taking responsibility with from the ice cream cone I had last night, by the I own it, and if I own it, I made that decision. So own everything that's important to you. I guess the ice cream cone was more important to me, but I recognized that it was my decision and I own it. And if I'm gonna be skinny, I'm gonna also own that too. So with that in mind, just everything that you want to happen, you can make happen. Well, I wanna have a great marriage. Well, are you a great husband? Look at yourself in the mirror and say, what kind of person are you? So how do, well, I'm a good husband. I'm a good provider. Well, that's that's a given. What else do you do? Do you spend 15 minutes a day making sure your wife is the most special person ever? Are you going out of your way and doing those things for her and making her number one in your life? And if you do those things, what kind of person is she going to be? So think about everything you do. If you re- take responsibility, for it. it's empowering. Okay, you don't want to you don't want to get lung cancer. Quit smoking. You're responsible. And I hope that out of this, at the end, when somebody's l- listening to this. Take responsibility for everything that goes on in your business and everything that goes on in your life and look at yourself in the mirror and evaluate. Are you who you like? Do you like what you see when you look in the mirror? Do you like the business that you run? And keep reevaluating yourself and keep bettering yourself because that's the exciting part of this whole thing is you get to work on you for your entire life. And realize that you never get out alive. So at the end of this, we're all going to end up in a hole in the ground or in some wall or burnt in ashes. That's it. Nobody gets out alive. So you might as well make this experience as enjoyable and full of achievement as possible. So you keep working on you and work on your business and make everything better. And you'll be a much happier person. I don't know how I'm going to top this at 150. So I, I, I certainly hope that you take a look at yourself and you say, "What can I work on today?" and yeah. keep doing it.
1: Yeah. Well, as always, Brian, great advice. You're you're a guy. I've learned so much from you. And I and as I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you talk, I you know in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, "Damn, I'm I'm uh, I." At this stage in my life, I get to be around really great people, and I have great influences and great friends and great mentors and you are since I think since the first day i've met you, you are one of the most generous people that i've met, and i I say that to the people that are, are are listening, you know, Brian was on episode one, go back and listen to that. Brian was on episode 50, go and listen to that. He's back for episode 100. Brian will do anything I ask him to do as long as we are giving something back to uh, the industry that he's helping people and it all comes from the heart. And I I don't know if I have said thank you enough to you but i appreciate you and uh thanks for taking your time and sharing so much with us and yeah we'll do this definitely have to do this again I, I you'll be at different. accelerate right you're gonna I be, at accelerate. be i will
0: i will one way or another i will be at accelerate i will be speaking there yeah regardless by the way if i'm in a hazmat suit that means my wife's when right in a outfit. hazmat
1: we'll all be in hazmat so no hopefully then we will not but i'm um, actually accelerated is january 26th and 27th and if you want to meet brian in person and talk to him he will uh answer any questions that you have again he's a he's very
0: generous and but uh, but you, you have to be willing. Find, me at, find me on linkedin or facebook if you want to people reach out to me that way and there, there's nothing more that i'd like to do then help you. So if you have a if you have a question for me, I'm easy to find. Whatever I can possibly give back to an industry that has given so much to me, I'm happy to help. There's plenty of business out there for everyone. I never worry about competition. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it because this this is a world of abundance.
1: Yeah.
0: And you're awesome. not missing anything by giving something to somebody else. Awesome.
1: Well Brian, thank you. And to everybody listening, this is episode 100. I can't believe it. I was just saying saying to Brian that that first episode was actually three and a half years ago. I can't believe it's been that long, but it has. Go back, listen. There are some amazing episodes and we've got a lot more coming. Go get a copy of the Seven Secrets book at thewealthycontractor.com. Brian, which which
0: episode should I listen to besides my own? Because I've never listened to my own. Uh, there's, a, most,
1: I'll share a bunch of them with you do that
0: please because I love learning
1: yeah I'll share a bunch of them I just did it'll be the episode before yours I think you've met this guy before young guy just started a year ago's names IQ and does he live up to his name uh, yes yes <laughs> oh my god the stuff that he's done he's been in business for one year and the things he's doing, I think he's going to be one of the future leaders of the industry. Um, I will go I'll will share go. that one with you. And then your buddy Rick Weist at Thompson Creek—I interviewed him. I don't remember the episode number, but you know he's an amazing guy. And there's so many of them, and, and you know, and, and a lot of them you know, and they've been influenced by you that's good i'm glad i can make a positive impact on people yeah definitely it's, it's what it's what unless if you're yelling at them out. unless if you're yelling at them and telling them to give give up give up their wallets
0: yeah well i did remember that, that guy yes i do i do <laughs> no you know, i'm he, kidding he, everything everything you He's do actually, is he to help people the, he yeah. actually does the heating and cooling in
1: my house i know i know I know it was a little rough. We we're talking about at, at the Accelerate event a year or two ago, Brian's on stage and he just, you know, some guy asked him for advice and Brian hit him really hard, but that's what he needed. But that's what he needed. And, and it was a little shocking at first, but Brian will always do it out of kindness, not out of, uh, you know, um, the negative, the, whatever, the opposite of kindness. The majority of the
0: people in this business are way smarter than I Yeah.
1: People. That's why. That's why we want to help them be more successful, make more money, take more time off, and that's seriously. Yeah. If you haven't haven't gotten Brian's book, get his book because it really. I mean, everything. Then it also. Yeah, but then, but then it's also going to open up a world of you know other people and get exposed to to all kinds of things that'll help them grow their businesses faster with less headaches and less stress and less hassles. And God, I wish I had. I wish I had you 20 years ago, I'd be, I don't know, business would have been different.
0: Well, can I tell you something? Huh. Look how you're doing now. Look at yeah, how- you're right, you're right, see? Okay. Look at how successful, I mean, you built one of the premier companies that helps home improvement companies grow. Oh, thank, in you. Country. thank you. And I want you to think about how big that is and how many people come to your things. And they come there because you put together programs That really help businesses grow. Well, thank so while you're putting those programs together and I'm helping you on my side, I'm learning so much by listening to the things that you put together. So everything everything goes around and everything's an experience that we all have to live. Yeah. It lives through. And I think you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, my friend.
1: All right, so uh, to everybody that's listening, this is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. Uh, This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, episode 100. And um, with my special guest, Brian Elias. So until next time. All right, so that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. The Wealthy Contractor Podcast is brought to you by G4 Marketing Group, where we help contractors of all kinds create customers, keep customers, and multiply their customers and profits. If you're interested in reaching new levels of success for your company, visit wwwg F-O-U-R marketing.com or just call us at 305-856-8788 to schedule your free, no obligation, wealthy contractor strategy session. Now during this strategy session, we're going to look at eight key performance factors in your business and we're going to help you uncover opportunities for growth for leads, for sales, and for profit. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing.